All right. Well, welcome in to our second episode. Uh, we actually have a name now. Our name is Small Town Faith Talks. And so today in the studio, we have with us Mr. Herman Altman sitting down with us for a conversation. And uh, Walter, why don't you give us a quick rundown of some of the statistics and things we've got so far from the listeners? All right. Yeah. So uh, we've had uh, our first episode, like you said, come out with Lisa, and looks like about 60 uh, people have listened to that. Thank you all for tuning in, and uh, we, we've seen the comments on, on that. It's very encouraging, and uh, even got some uh, text messages. Uh, shout out to Kevin Walton. And um, we would like for you guys to uh, send us more feedback, you know, as you're listening to this one, if you have questions, comments. Uh, if you even want, if you want to suggest another guest for us to interview, and we've set up that email, it's fbcnzpodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you guys, and um, and uh, we might even answer some of that on the air if if it's uh, something that that would be beneficial to everybody that's listening to the episode after that. So, uh, thank you all for listening. Well, we are going to jump in with a conversation today. Um, Mr. Mr. Herman Oltman was a part of the search committee that actually was a part of bringing me here That's recently. Right. And so there's yes. uh, through some different conversations and different uh, visits and stuff. I've just got to hear some of his story and it's very, very interesting. Got a lot of wisdom, a lot of insight. Actually just celebrated uh, last week, birthday number 90. So happy belated happy birthday. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. So uh, anyway, let's jump in. Uh, first of all, why don't we start by just talking about uh, how did you end up in North Zulch? What brought you here? Because you're not from here originally, but how'd you get here? Uh, it's kind of a long story. Uh, we had had some property up in Cameron and we sold it and we were looking for a place to get another little piece of property in Water State, uh, south of Highway 21, and which we did. And, but about 30 years ago, we were invited to come up here and be part of the North North Zulch uh, Fishing and Hunting Club and with uh, some of our friends out of First Baptist Church, Tomball. And when we got up here, it wasn't too impressive, so uh, we didn't uh, become part of that deal. But anyway, this, this lingered to us, and after we sold the property, we decided we would come up uh, Highway 39 and look for, you know, just look for something and Lo and behold, there was a sign on a piece of property here, and it said for sale. We called a realtor, and about two weeks later, it was ours, and I asked the lady that owned it. I said, there's a big lake somewhere around this place. And I says, she said, well, it's right across the road. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm right across the road from the place that I didn't want to come to uh, 30 years ago. There you go. God has a funny sense of humor in that. Yeah. <laughs> God has a funny sense of humor, and if you look back on your life, you will see that uh, I'm amazed at the part that the good Lord has played in my life and what has happened to my life. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, let's jump into that. I mean, 90 years, uh, lived a good, full life, got a lot of a lot of memories, a lot of experiences, and we just, I just... I've heard bits and pieces of it, and I'd like to kind of give us a, a snapshot of what that's looked like and just some of the different highlight points in your life along the way. Well, not to bore you with facts, but uh, I started out as a poor boy on a black land farm with my folks up in Thrall, Texas, Williamson County. Uh, 
we stayed on a farm for a while. Mom and Daddy, we went to war. Moved it. We moved to Taylor, and basically life wasn't all that good. And Mom and Daddy didn't get along. And they they got a divorce, and we went to Houston. Uh, mother and I and a brother, and uh, life wasn't uh, wasn't a bed of roses. But hey, I had opportunities. They got me a paper out at uh, age twelve. Always had a, a nickel or dime in my pocket. Kept on going from there. And there's an event that was a big a life changer in my life. Uh, and because of that event, I decided I had a, a couple that didn't have any children up in Taylor that said if I ever wanted to, needed a place to live, I could come with them. And after the event that was kind of major I went to uh I just told the, told my mother and my so-called stepdad y'all take me to Taylor in the morning and I'm out of here. Wow. And uh what how old were you? Uh, at that point I was 14. 14. Yeah, wow. And uh so I went up there to uh, live with the Heisies. Those people were very dear to my heart and I still have a very very fond memories with them and then from there uh my uncle told me that best thing for me to do is get out of town and join the service and i joined the air force and i stayed there for 20 years i'm a lifer wow <laughs> yeah that's awesome thank you so much for your service yeah. it's a Life th through the experiences, whatever, you, I, I, I can expound on that as much as you want me to, but folks, all you got to do is keep looking at that hill and climb that hill because you always say the grass is greener on the other side of the hill, mm. but you got to climb that hill where the rocks are, where the dead grass is, the fallen timbers. And if you keep climbing that hill and put one foot in front of the other, you'll get there. Mm. And I'm not a Bible-thumping Christian and whatever, but I'll guarantee you one thing. If you follow the good Lord, he'll keep you straight and narrow, and life will be good. That's mm -hmm. right. Now, you, you talk about just thinking even about that hill analogy, you know, and the, the rocks and the, the, the hard conditions and, and climbing the hill. You, you've got some of those moments in your life where you – as you've been climbing that hill, you've you've kind of come to several bumps in the road and several you know hard moments where it wasn't easy, but you kept climbing and you're still climbing. Well, uh, I've climbed that hill as indicated a little bit. I've climbed that hill all my life. Uh, the situation of me leaving leaving home at 14, so to speak, uh, and but I always knew that there was something better out there. Right. Uh, there's something better. And I guess the good Lord gave me that confidence or whatever you want to call it to, to try. Mm -hmm. And uh, I always try to try to stay straight. But, uh, you know, hey, like any any young child, uh, I've done the child things. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> you got to go that route. Sometimes you go that route and all that kind of stuff. But, uh We've had, I've had some pretty rough moments. Uh, 
been shot at and missed and thank the good lord and uh uh but I, he gave me a beautiful wife a good wife we had 56 good years but in that life we had a hill that we had to climb and it was a big hill because he thought our son needed to come up to see him and wow. uh, that it was an accident and story is somebody would sleep wow and uh but it was a motivational point for me and it's a situation that is we went through that actually we tried to hide but you don't need to hide from something like that the best thing is to go out and face mm. the situation and let the situation take care of itself the good lord to guide you and direct you and uh finally uh I got fired from my job, and the best thing ever happened to me in my life because it made me get back out into the public and get back out active and whatever. And as they say, if you have a situation like that, best thing to do is talk about it. Don't hide it. Yes. Right. And, uh, yeah, so often we want to kind of go through those moments, and we feel like the the natural thing to do is to kind of you know recluse, come back in and, and deal with it you know, individually. But... I feel like those moments are so challenging because it's, it's oftentimes, especially as believers, in those dark seasons, in those dark moments. I mean, how old was your son during that when that accident happened? 20. 20 years old. So, you know, you, you've got a life so premature, right. so, so much ahead. Yet in those moments, we want to pull back. But that's when the enemy wants to just attack us mm-hmm. and, and discourage us, get in our head, fill our heads right. with lies. Yeah. And we can even, at, at times, begin to turn against God, you know. And so... Coming out of that season, you know, sounds like God potentially used a job change uh, to kind of bring you out of that, bring you out of that pit. Well, absolutely, yeah. It was, uh, as I say, my getting fired was the best thing that ever happened. Uh, at the time, I was a Houston Post distributor, and I had the perfect job to hide from everybody because I bet the paper truck at twelve thirty. At 2.30, I was back in bed, <laughs> okay, and I hid. Yeah, yeah. And anyway, the reason I got fired because I was trying to do the get the union going because they took the distributorships away from us and made us uh, independent, uh, made us uh, employees. Okay. And anyway, a lot of difference in the money and et cetera, et cetera. Mm. But then I got out and I realized that you don't hide it. The more you talk about it and aware of it, I was—I felt like I was guilty. I'd done something wrong that my boy got killed. Right. And I got out of that guilt phase, and, hey, here we are. I think that's one of the most challenging aspects of life is, is trying to wrap our heads around God's sovereignty yeah. and the fact that when bad things happen, uh, they happen oftentimes to good people. And and we don't... We don't uh, we can't understand that on this side of eternity, but there's that, that element of trust. Oh, yeah. That element of faith. Your faith has to take over and uh, and just know that God is working, well, although we can't see the big picture. And it sounds even strange and funny to say that, but he does work all things together, you know, and he, he used that. Now, I want to ask you, because you had, you had a couple other daughters at that time and another son, right? Yeah. So you had 
uh, a family while you were pulling back, while you were kind of trying to pull in because of this tragic situation. You're still a dad. You're still a husband. Uh, you're still leading your family through this time. Well, we tried, and uh, if the post hadn't seen fit to fire me, uh, we'd have probably still in that, been in that well, so to speak. But uh, I'm glad the post uh, fired me, and it kind of brought all of us out because, you know, uh, as a family, we're, we're kind of sticking together. Right. You become, uh, you become, at least we did, we became very close. Mm. And uh, But working through it, uh, everything, I still have the two daughters left. We're very close. My other son, he, the good Lord, took him at age 42 uh, with uh, cancer, so that was another hurdle you got across, but that was a diff- kind of different cross, so to speak. And now I've got two beautiful daughters left and another very tragic situation, but a very positive situation. The good Lord uh, took my granddaughter at 80, at age 22, and uh, mm. but so much good. She was just a super, super granddaughter just not because she's my granddaughter mm-hmm. but she was so active in her life witnessed so much so much good has come through her death an accident it was an accident and it was a freak situation but how many people have made a decision and the outpouring of love and friendship at her memorial right. is just absolutely, just absolutely something you couldn't see. And two, after that, the the good that has come out of that, and the people that have been touched. I know that people have been touched, and a lot of people are going to college that wouldn't wouldn't probably have gone to college after, simply because of her and that type of stuff. It's wild that, and you showed me the the video of that memorial service, and that yes. that place was packed. And you just think about a life gone so soon, yet the legacy that continues. I mean, you're even wearing a shirt today representing <laughs> her, and yeah, and yeah. you know, and and I've heard you tell countless stories about that. And that's just such a neat a neat legacy for her. But she was such a inspiration to not only her age group and and her peers, the girl was uh, she made straight A's through all, all through school. She played volleyball. She played bas- basketball. She was the most valuable player in the district. And uh, she offers to play college ball. I don't know whatever you want to say about her. She was she was it. Mm. She went to Florida to work the summer on a crusade type thing or Bible thing where they had to work for their uh, room and board and uh-huh. type stuff, and they got paid. But then they had to do Bible Bible studies and that type of stuff, wow. uh, vacation Bible school at night, so to speak, outreach, very missional, yeah. Okay, and uh, the impact that I guess she had on her crowd or her at her sorority so to speak at uh, Texas 
half the half of the uh, people that were there at the memorial they were from probably Austin. Wow. And uh, and uh, the testimonies that you that those uh, youngsters gave and her her life now is being used as a a forward paying it forward so to speak right. mm-hmm. and uh, so a lot of good a lot of good came out of it so when you look at at disaster look at the other side of the disaster what good has come out of that disaster and what does it mean to you and if you pay it forward the good will always be there mm-hmm. wow and uh if you take a little bit of time with your kiddos, folks, for you adults that are listening, all it takes is, is just a little bit of time, and your children will turn out good. Hmm. This is what they're looking for. That's right. And this is what we, to me, and I'm going to get a little political and grouchy here, but we don't spend enough time with our, our kiddos. I didn't spend enough time with my children. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you an incident that changed my life. Uh, we were in the insurance business. I did a lot of nighttime work, but I should have been at home with them. I got a phone call one night from my son, the one that got killed. And he said, asked me, he said, Daddy, when are you coming home? And I said, I'll be there in a little bit. And when I said a little bit, he hung up the phone. Hmm. That was a big message. Hmm. And it, from that point on, uh, all the green dollars that were running up and down I-45 weren't mine. And hmm. uh, uh, we changed our li- I changed my life a little bit, and I think it was well worth it. So it's you got to spend a little bit of time digging in the dirt a little bit and uh, rake the did did grass away and go on down the road that's it oh and for the listeners uh just to let y'all know the shirt that we mentioned that herman's wearing has got a picture of a texas license plate that says k can k-a-y-c-a-n k-k stands for kayla yeah and uh that was her license plate on her vehicle and she was the vehicle that's uh depicted is what she wanted for her, her car. She got that for graduation and from high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's some stories behind that and all that kind of stuff too. But uh, anyway, she was a super troop. Hmm. Just yeah, a little bit of stories. It, it's interesting. I want to go back to what you said about spending your time with your kids and and uh, taking those moments because. I know, and I'm in the thick of it right now. Walter, you are too. You've got three almost teenagers. Right. I've got three little ones. Our oldest is seven, just turned seven. But uh, there it is. I mean, seven years have gone by in the blink of an eye. And and I'm reminded time and time again that they're always watching. Uh, they're constantly watching, and they're modeling the behavior. Oh, yeah. uh, and I'm uh, just looking around as you go to a restaurant or you go, you know, you're in public and you see how many families are sitting around on devices and not speaking to each other and talking. I think we're missing so many opportunities to invest in our kids. You know, thinking about Kayla, going back to Kayla, she uh, modeled her life in a way that I'm sure was reflective of what was modeled for her from her parents, you know, and and the upbringing and the church and the the Mm -hmm. faith conversations and even being willing 
after high school to go to Florida and spend a summer serving and ministering. I mean, you don't do that kind of thing unless that's being modeled for you at home, and, and that's something that you're seeing. And I'll even say this about you, Herman, because I see that in you still. Um, and this just is so encouraging to me. I, actually, it was uh, Friday, which was your birthday, and you were here at the church, and you were mowing on your lawnmower, mowing this property. You know, And it just, it just does my heart so much good to see serving, Hmm. modeling servanthood. And that's what it's all about. And, and, and so, you know, we pulled up and my family and we rolled the windows down and we (laughs) sang to you and, but my kids notice that my kids see that. And and I think everybody takes note of that. So it's just another uh, example of, you know, modeling a Christ-like attitude, not just in the things that we say, but also in how we, how we live our lives and the things that we do. So I think it's a great reminder. Oh yeah. Well, uh, what surprised me about Eli was here when he saw me uh, Sunday night. He he comes up, and a little kid remembered fishing. Yeah, <laughs> at the house, and uh, he, he was he was wanting to play and all that kind of stuff, and he hit me right in the head with the football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. You took one for the team. I took one he, for that the team. That boy always has a ball in his hand. Yeah, so. <laughs> no, but. Well, but yeah, and that's, I mean, he's two years old and he remembered fishing. You right. Know, he remembered yeah. uh, fishing and you taking him on the, the golf cart and driving around. And uh, it's just a great mm-hmm. thing. So, and he liked playing a tractor. Yep. <laughs> he was a, he was something else on that. <laughs> so, but hey, that's part of the program. Uh, the little ones are there and the little ones will model and uh, mimic. What the big ones will show them. That's it. They're always watching. Always watching. That's yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Just if there are any uh, young people looking into pursuing a career in insurance, do you have any advice for them starting out? Yeah, you did church. Well, you did insurance all over the map. Uh, hey, life is what you what you're happy with. This this is me. Uh, a lot of people will say going into the military is, is bad. The military is what you want to make of it. The military teaches you training, teaches you cohesiveness, teaches you camaraderie, and it also teaches you responsibility. You're responsible for yourself, mm-hmm. and no one else is responsible for yourself. I got into the insurance business, but the military taught me so much and how many other people sitting here in North Sultz today can say that they've been in 41 countries and seen every state? Oh, wow. <laughs> Not me. Okay. It's, some of that is uh, at my own expense. Some of it is at y'all's expense. So, But anyway, some of it was good. Some of it was different. But I got into the insurance business because my wife was – working in a one-girl agency, so to speak. And I started out at the bottom of the peck because I started typing policies for her. She'd block them out and I'd type them. But the gentleman that she worked for, he was more like her daddy than he was her boss. Okay. And I, I had to go meet him. Yeah. Getting off a little bit here. But I had to go meet him, and he told me, he says, boy, if you don't treat that girl right, you're going to answer to me. Hmm. Let you know. Yeah, but he was the sweetest guy there was. His son, uh, as a side note, his son was in on a design. He was an engineer, and he helped design the F-102. Wow. 
And anyway, as time went on and all that kind of stuff, he wanted us to take the agency. But I had a little trip to Vietnam, and he said, I'll, when you get back, it's yours. And anyway, when I get back, he was sick on a downhill drag, so to speak. When this king, I was told, I told my wife, says, as soon as Herman comes home, bring him over. Well, anyway, I got in midnight one night, and next morning we get up at 7 o'clock. Baldy says, we got to go see Mr. King. We go, went down, go down to Mr. King, and anyway, to the king's, Miss King let us in, and she says, Herman, mm. he will not recognize you, but go in there and speak to him anyway. Anyway, we said our talk, small talk, and I went in and talked to Mr. King. We visited, we visited for 45 minutes, just like we're sitting here talking at this point. And finally, Miss King came in and says, Herman, I think you need to let him rest. Anyway, we departed. He passed away that night at 12 o'clock. Mm. And Miss King always says he stayed, he stayed alive for you to come back for you to tell you about the agency. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. But that's, to get into the insurance business, uh, it's completely different than what it was when I started out in it back, back in the older days in the 60s. It's a completely different ball game, and I don't know if I would recommend anyone going into the insurance <laughs> business now. But, you know, yeah. the rules, regulations, and that, well, you you have to have that. But uh, basically, everything is now narrowed back to the company. And the company, you're uh, an agent. To me, at this day and time, is just a order taker. Mm. Yeah, and, uh, but. I will also say it has been extremely good to us, and finally, I got smart in the business. Uh, Fifteen years before I retired, I decided if I could make make a living selling the church's insurance and taking care of the, uh, them and providing what they needed, with I was going to get out of the business. Best move I ever made, and from that point on, sky was the limit. And I made whatever you want to call it. I made convention or I made club and all that kind of stuff. And traveled, uh, got got to see a lot of good places through the insurance companies. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, but it it was very very good to us. But it's it's a completely different ball game now. Right. Right. Mm. Oh, and um, in all your travels around the world, have you picked up any uh, languages? Said Loy. What's that mean? <laughs> <laughs> that means uh sorry about that in Vietnamese. Ah, there you go. When when we did the we had a German uh yeah. food potluck uh, a few months ago and and uh I know I remember you gave us a little speech and I can't remember what it was about but well we just uh told the kiddos a few a few little different things mm -hmm. but German is my native language, so to speak, yeah. because I could barely speak English when I went to school. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Because we spoke uh, we spoke German at the, you know, that was our, basically, I guess, our primary language around the house uh, because the Taylor area up there is big, 
that's Czechoslovakia and German settlement. And but uh, when I went to Germany, I got, I guess, reimbursed yeah. to it, yeah. so to speak, or whatever <laughs> you want to say. And still sticks with it. That's kind of he's kind of inclined mission to speak in the North and is good at Tahoeida. There it is. <laughs> We're so, but. Uh, Anyway. Not only did you speak the language at the potluck that Sunday, but you were also you had the uh, attire to go with mm-hmm. it. Yes, yes, sir, <laughs> yes, sir. That was a shirt that uh, we, I guess, we bought that somewhere in the sixties over in Germany. Wow, yeah. yeah. So wore, neat. I wore out my Forester pants. <laughs> <laughs> wow, man, this has been this has been so fun. Um, I know you've got many, many, many more stories. Uh, we could probably sit here and, and talk all day, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but uh, I really just wanted to kind of press in those, you know, those stories that you talked about, some of those different moments of, of loss and heartache. And and I, and you you made a statement every time you went into one of those, the good Lord. Yeah. The good Lord. And, and I don't believe that's just a statement for you. I think that's an actual belief that even through – each and every one of those hard situations, you still knew that God is good. Well, uh, I absolutely do because, granted, it, it's it's great sorrow and a tremendous loss to the family, and your, your emotions never cease. Time is a good healer, great healer, but time doesn't heal everything. Mm. But if you take it and try to pay it forward from that experience and let it be a learning lesson, you'll always learn something and you'll come out better on the other side. So, yeah, we talked about that the other day as well. Like life is always a learning game. You never stop learning. There's always something to take from it. So, well, cool. Well, uh, I want to say thank you so much for just sitting down and spending a few minutes with us today and giving us a, snapshot at your life and uh maybe we'll we'll revisit another episode and we can press into some other stories uh but uh i want to say thank you so much again for your time herman and really appreciate you appreciate your friendship and uh your um just your involvement here at this church and this community i know uh you've you've impacted a lot of lives as well so we appreciate you well appreciate everything that's out there and what we do and hope we do hope we do a little something on the plus side that's yes. right that's <laughs> right hey want to thank you uh for those of you that have listened so far uh we're so excited about what god's doing here at north zulch and our at first baptist church north zulch and uh, just excited to see what's to come if you are looking for a church home or you're looking for a place to worship we'd love to encourage you to come out with us next sunday and uh, we'd love to see you then but uh, until then we'll see you soon so you guys take care and god bless take care <laughs>